All right, let's get, let's get after this thing. Listen, the Holy Spirit wanted me to, uh, to, to share something really quick because this message is kind of, uh, I'm not sure I'll get through with this. We'll see how the Holy Spirit leads us on this. This may go into a next week series or a mini-series, however we want to call this, because this is very important. But the Holy Spirit impressed me to remind you guys of what we talked about last week. Because a lot of people were, maybe were not here. And last week, we talked about being fully persuaded. All right? Being fully persuaded. Now, what are we talking about by being fully persuaded? What we were talking about is being fully persuaded about how God is leading you in every direction of your life. Right? Because we live in a time right now where you cannot get definitive answers from this world. You know, there was a time where we could trust our government. We could trust our officials. We could trust our doctors. We could trust... And I'm not talking about them, and it's not about a political party or this, that, or other. It's just a simple fact of the world that we live in now. There's so much confusion and chaos out there, and people are overwhelmed because they can't get answers. Well, if you can't get answers in the world, this is why you need to make sure that you are hearing from God. And when you have, when you have a need and a direction you need to go into, you need to make sure God's leading you in that direction. Right? And we use the example of the vaccine because that's the biggest thing that's, that's separating people today. That's dividing the church. Right? And it's, and it's, and it's, 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 it's a pretty tough topic. Right? But we determine that, that we don't base our response to life situations uh, on anything that the world teaches us or anything that the, that, that, or an idea or an agenda that anybody else throws around. We base our response to life situation on a belief that we form on the one thing that we know is solid and the one thing that we know is true, and that is the Word of God. Right? That's very important. Because I know we live in a day where people are trying to, trying to convince the world that there is no such thing as truth. You know, I was reading some statistics where they said 3% of millennials don't believe that there is a solid... They don't believe that the Word of God is the truth. Is the, there is no truth. Why is that? It's because they've been taught to... And, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but there's a line, there's a balance to everything, but they have been taught that truth comes from expressing yourself however you feel off of your feelings, and you can make whatever you want to be your truth in your life. But I'm going to tell you something, that is wrong. That is wrong teaching, and that came in as a result of removing God from our school systems. Amen? But there is something true, and that is the Word of God, and that's what we base our response on. And so we determine that if you're going to be fully persuaded, we determine that we base that belief off of Romans 14, 1 and 5. And I'm not going to go back into that. I encourage you to go back and listen to all of that. Right, last week's message, where it tells us that you need to be fully persuaded based on how God is leading you for whatever in your life. If you need a job, go to God. How's He leading you? You need you need you need healing in your situation, or you need to do I need to go uh, do I need to travel this way, or do I need to travel that way? Go to God. See, we we've got to learn as Christians to always pursue God first. I mean, you think about it. If you grow up. Right, and and you as a young child, and you grow up, and you raised up into into believing the truth of the word, and and raised up in the things of God, and and you grow up as a teenager, and you begin to learn and understand that I should trust God first in leading me in every direction of my life. If you start that, then think about how many mistakes you will not make the rest of your life if you always go to God first. 
right? And people always say, well, you just won't have the desire. I can't go. I can't have my solo cup, my drinks. I can't do it. I, don't want, I just want to be a part of everybody, all the fun. But the Scripture also tells us that He knows the desires of our hearts. And He'll give you the desires of our heart. And fun doesn't come from the ways of the world, Lord. The joy of the Lord will reign full in your life when you put Him first as your source. And I'm going to tell you something. You've got to understand that God's your source in this day and age. I mean, there's people losing their jobs because they don't believe certain things. And God's, I hope God's leading them in that direction, right? So you can't view, always just simply view your job as your source. Your, your job is a, is a means that God has blessed you with for that season in your life. It could be your career or it could be a short season, right? But it's not your source. Ultimately, God's got to be your source. He's got to be first place. Remember, he's, we, call, we, we go to Jesus. We want Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. See, too many people will just want Him to be their Savior. In other words, they want Him just to... to I just want to accept Jesus so I, I can use that as a ticket to get out of here when all this is over, right? And I can still live however I want on this earth. But there's a problem with that. Jesus is called to be our Lord and Savior, which means you're going to put Him first in your life, in every area of your life. Glory to God, I'm not getting in... Well, we're going in this direction. The Holy Spirit's taking us. Somebody needs this. It's very important. Very important that we're fully, fully persuaded... You've got to get to that place, guys, where the, that you're allowing God to lead you. And I know that, that now please don't go over, overboard with this. Because I had a, when I was in, at Raymond Bible College, there was a, a young lady that was, we all kind of ran in groups, you know, and we'd go Bible studies together and go get something to eat, eat coffee, this, that, and the other. And we'd go as groups. And there was one girl in our group that would always aggravate everybody because when we wanted to go get something, uh, coffee, or we wanted to go get something to eat. It took her 15 minutes to consult with the Lord where we were going. And I'm like, you know, come on, that was a little bit excessive. You can, you can, you can make decisions such as that on your own. But if you do go to say to Starbucks and you're on the way, learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading you. And if you get a check in your spirit, hey, don't go there. Don't go there. Right? Obey it. Right? Obey that check in that spirit. Amen. We've got to get to that place. And I'm going to tell you something. In the day that we live in, and we all know this, right? It, it's hard to be a Christian. It really is. I know. I know. I know how it is. I work. I'm out there with the people. I'm, I'm trying to share the gospel just like, hopefully, just like you are. And I know it's not easy because when you're in an environment where you're quickly persecuted for just saying that you love Jesus or that you are a Christian, which is the case that we live in today. And you're, you're quickly persecuted for the idea of bringing a Bible or the idea of standing for any biblical beliefs or biblical standard. It's hard. That persecution is... We're surrounded by that persecution. And that shouldn't make us afraid. That shouldn't overwhelm us, but it is. It is. It's making a lot of people afraid. And a lot of people are afraid to, to, to stand up. But we've got to get to a place where we're bold. You've heard me say this many times, but I'm telling you something. If you're going to stand against this persecution, you've got to get bold. And I, I mean arrogant about being a child of God. Because we're called to do the Great Commission. Anna sent me a, 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 an article that gave the statistics of how many people didn't even really know what the Great Commission was. How many what was Do you remember what that was? How many churchgoers did not even know what the Great Commission was? 
I mean, it's like 20 something. How many? 51%. But the Great Commission is what we're called to do. Go and make disciples. Glory to God. Anyway, that's a whole other sermon. But we've got to get to a place where we're bold. We're bold about Jesus. Bold about... And, and, and let me tell you something. We can be bold about some football. Come on, you just go try and watch football with Jeremy. If you don't pull for his team, I promise you, he's going to be bold about it, Right? And, and you all know what I'm talking about. Y'all laugh because y'all tried to watch with him, right? Amen. <laughs> I mean, think about how many people walk around today and they'll come out of their house, and there's nothing wrong with this now, but they'll come out of their house with bright pink hair. Megan. <laughs> or bright purple hair. Or bright green hair. And bright blue hair. I mean, uh, Kaylee's had it in hers for I don't know, as long as I've known her, right? And, and, and what is that? What is that? What is she? What are these people saying? I'm bold. I mean, I put this gray in mine all the time, you know, to keep me bold. <laughs> Y'all laughing? You wait. Your day's coming. That's all I'm going to say about that. But we got to be bold, right? And if those people can be bold about that, listen, we got to learn to be bold about Jesus. And I, this is not, I mean, I know this, this, this just sounds like a repeated message, but I mean, for some reason, God's taken us down this path. We need to be reminded because it's hard. We're being persecuted. Our back's against the wall. But that doesn't, should not ever overwhelm us because this is what, that's the point where you open your eyes and you remind yourself that God puts you here today. For this hard time, for this persecuted time, he could have put you anywhere. He could have put you in the 20s. He could have put you in the 1800s. I mean, he could have put you back with Moses. I don't know. He could have put you any time. But you've got to remind yourself that he thought enough of you. You, each and every one of us sitting here that lives in this day and this time. He knew that you had what it takes. He knew that he made you to, and equipped you for a time such as this. And see, we've got to learn to not cower in fear, but learn to be bold. You are a child of God that is strong, and you are redeemed from the curse of this land. Glory to God. You are called to a great commission. You are called to do a purpose. That's the biggest thing that people cannot grasp is the fact that God created them to do something. And there's not a person that he, he didn't create without a purpose to do something. Now, whether they walk that out or not, that's up to them. That's their choice, right? But see, we don't, we got to remember that we, God's made a way for us to be victorious. You know, Michelle was talking about, we got to make sure that we're connected to his systems. He's, he's, he's made a way. He created you with a plan and a purpose, and he's smart. You guys know we God's smart, right? And, 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 and when he created you, as well everybody else, don't you think that he made a way for you to be successful at what he's called you to do? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. And you've got to just make sure that you're lining yourself up and staying connected to him as your source. Come on, pursuing what he's called you to do because he's made you to be successful. He is. And I'm going to tell you something. Everybody walks around, not everybody, a lot of people walk around today treating God as, as just a source of getting stuff or getting things, getting problems fixed. They walk around with the wrong attitude. They walk around with the attitude that they're helpless. Come on, everybody say, I'm not helpless. You're not helpless because God made a way. He made a way. He made, he's put systems in place, right? 
And you've got to understand and make sure that you're connected to his systems. You know, we just heard, read the song, I mean, listened to the song, sang the song, that he was powerful God. And I actually titled this message, The Empowered Life. And we'll get into that here in just a second here. The Empowered Life. That sounds good, right? How many of you want to live the empowered life? Right? Then don't, then change. If you have an attitude where you don't feel empowered, then you need to change your attitude. And, and don't just be pursuing God. God, fix all my problems, fix all of this. Listen, you've got to learn to go to God and go to every, over every situation in your life from a standpoint of victory, from a standpoint of strength. Because you've got to understand the reason Jesus came back to the earth was, of course, to get all of us, right? To be our Savior. But you've got to remember, the reason God sent Jesus was because before the fall of man, God was establishing a kingdom, right? We were talking about and talking about this on Wednesday nights. God was establishing a kingdom right there in the garden. He was setting it up. And guess who had dominion of the kingdom? Man, Adam did. And he lost that dominion when he gave everything up. When, he, when, he, when, when Satan deceived him, and then he, he, he lost it all, he gave it all up, he gave that dominion back, or he gave it to Satan, right? Now God had to fix the problem. And the problem was he needed to reestablish his kingdom back the way that he wants. And the way to do that was to send Jesus to, be our, to die on the cross and be our sacrifice. Come on, to reestablish the kingdom. And by reestablishing the kingdom, guys, he reestablished you back to your place of dominion. You have authority over the enemy in your life. See, we don't go to God begging Him to remove problems or begging Him to take this away from us. Come on, we have all... This is why Jesus said on the cross, He said, it is finished. That means God's done all He's going to... All that He's going to do, short of a miracle, right? Everything is right there. How you overcome problems, how you deal with problems, how you deal with sickness, how you deal with everything, it's right there. You just simply need to apply yourself to it and to your life. Amen. Because we're not begging. We're praying from a place of authority. Guys, if you struggle with that, we have a great book back there called The Believer's Authority. And I'm going to tell you something. Every Christian should should read that book. It it will change your life. Because listen, when when you're walking around and you're living a life constantly feeling like you're defeated, guys, is there any boldness in that? Absolutely not. I mean, what's, what steals your, your zap, your energy and your power? Or your, 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 just your ambition? What steals all of that? It's just life. life. Life comes against us and it takes, it drains us. It drains us physically. It drains us, it drains us spiritually. Come on, when you're trying to do everything in your own strength. And so we've got to make sure that, that we're not walking around feeling like the enemy is keeping us defeated, but walking around bold and confident in who we are as Jesus, as a child of God. Because, see, that boldness is everything. Because that boldness is what's going to make it where when you stand before Jesus, he says, well done, my faithful servant. Because, listen, don't get surprised when you're persecuted. See, too many people are getting surprised about the persecution. But God created you for this time where you can handle it. You can deal with the persecution. It's going to be okay. And, and, and it's going to happen because Jesus said, you will be persecuted more than me. Right? So don't get surprised. Don't get scared. Just remember who you are. Place for this time to share the good news and share the gospel of Jesus regardless of the persecution that comes. 
Amen. Now we're talking about we're talking about the empowered life. I'm trying to figure out how to get back into my notes here. The Holy Spirit's got me all over the place this morning. That's all right. Somebody needs it. It's very important to go to, to allow yourself to 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 follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Not only here on Sunday morning, but in your life, right? Because I'll, you, I'll, let me tell you something. You never know what somebody's going through. A life could be hanging in the balance, right? And I can tell you, a, I will, I'll, I'll tell a really quick story of a friend of mine that he really felt led to pray for somebody. And this is a drastic story. I don't know if I should, I'll tell you. And he didn't pray. He just, he overanalyzed, oh, I don't know this person, you know. And, and the thing was, was he was an employee with the company, and it was one of the leaders in the company. And he didn't pray, for the, didn't pray with the guy, and, you know, because he looked like he was all together, drove his little Audi and just nice suits and this, that, and other. So he didn't pray for him, didn't pray with him, didn't pray with him at all. And he said, I've never really felt so strongly to pray for somebody, but I didn't because he was a leader in my company. I just felt like he didn't need what I have. And, and two nights later, the man committed suicide. Now, Mark, has, he's lived with that his entire life. And, you know, he's gotten over it, but he uses that as, a, as an illustration. You never know what somebody's going through. If the Spirit's leading you to pray, pray. If the Spirit's leading you to buy somebody's groceries, to buy somebody's lunch, buy it. You don't know. You don't know. Be obedient to how God is leading you. I love the fact that... Uh, I remember when Nick and Isabel, they were leaving church a while back and there was a gentleman walking on the road, down the road. They didn't know this guy. And you know, that's not safe just to pick up somebody. But Nick said he had peace about it. You remember that? He said he had peace about it. And they picked the guy up and gave him a ride, you know. And, and, and you know, that, that he was following God's leading right there. Now, if they had had a check in his spirit and didn't have peace about it, come on, he wouldn't have picked him up, right? That's God's leading him. Right? And hopefully, that, I'm sure that helped the guy out. Amen? Now, all right, so we're going to, let's dive in. We're talking about an empowered life. We all want to live the empowered life. So if we're going to live the empowered life, we need to know that where that power comes from. And we just heard it in the song. Of course, that power is going to come from God himself, right? Now, the three ways that God sends his power or strength to us is through his word, is through his spirit, and by angels. Now, I threw angels in here because when you study this, that only happens very seldom, and we shouldn't seek that. Right? But I did put it in there because somebody would email me or text me or something and say, well, now, Pastor, you know, this is in there. So I'm saying this now. Right? It's in there. It does happen. And we'll talk about that here really quickly. Right? But three ways that God sends his strength and his power to it. So you're being empowered every time you read his word because God sends his strength. Through his word. Now, this is a big one, guys, because people don't understand that the God leads you by his the inward voice, that 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 inner peace that it's not an audible voice, right? It's just that unction on the inside of you to do or not to do something, right? That's the Holy Spirit leading you. But the primary way that God leads you is through his word. Right? And the, and the way that he empowers you is through his word. So you got to understand how is it that you view the word when you read it? Because so many people read it just to obtain information, memorize scriptures, right? And listen, nothing wrong with memorizing scripture. But you don't need to just obtain information. You need revelation from what you're reading. You know, this word, the scripture says the word is alive. And it needs to become alive in you. And that's why renewing your mind daily on it is so valuable. 
Because if you're not renewing your mind daily on it, then you have no clue what the Word says. It belongs to you. You have no clue about what the Word says about how God will empower you. And so you're never going to expect it. Amen? So renewing your mind on the Word is very, very important. But you've got to understand that when you read it, you got to, what's your attitude toward reading the Word? Are you reading it just to, because the pastor says, I need to read it? Sorry. Are you reading it because... Because God is leading you and is trying to reveal and give you revelation of what he's trying to tell you to do in your life, right? You've got to think about your attitude. Now watch this. Ephesians 6 in verse 10. Because your attitude in your reading, how you look at the Word of God when you read it, is so much. Because God is empowering you through his Word. He's empowering you. And most people don't even, they don't even realize it. Right? Most people go to their word when they're, when, when they'll go to the word when they're facing a problem or dealing with a situation and they're struggling with this and struggling with that. So they go to the word to try to find an answer or try to find a quick fix for the problem. And they're trying to just look, they're just trying to look at it in the sense of information there. How do I fix this situation? But you've got to view the word of God as the power that it is because being spoken directly to you. Right? Look at me at chapter, at verse 10. And this is a verse that most everybody knows. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Be strong. That's pretty good, right? That's pretty encouraging. If you're facing something, your back's against the wall, and you read that, that that gives you a little bit of encouragement, right? Now think think about this. On this, or just talk about how we communicate, right? Communication's key. We communicate with words, right? Now, how you value what is spoken is going to be based on, I mean, you know, it's going to be based on whether you feel encouragement from those words. Because, listen, every word spoken is not encouraging. Every word that's spoken, there can be negative things spoken. There can be bad things that is spoken. But we, we put a value based on it. In other words, when somebody comes up and they give you a quick pep talk, and that's how people mostly view that scripture. It says a pep talk. God's just trying to encourage me to get over the hump. God's just trying to get me, keep me ex- encouraged, keep me excited to get me, to get me to first base. Right? And that's, listen... When, you, when we value the words based simply on encouragement, guys, and that we're talking about, I'm talking about the words I give you or the words you give me, right? We've got to learn to view God's words differently. We don't value, where we miss it as Christians is we try to value God's words spoken to us in the same sense of the words that Nathan speaks to me or I speak to him. And this is where we miss it, guys. Because this right here is God's spoken word. God's spoken word. See, when God was saying, be strong in the Lord, come on, he was, that wasn't just a pep talk. It wasn't just something to encourage you. It was, it was so much more. Because that's God's spoken word, right? Now, follow me now. Stick with me. This is very important. Now, you've got to remember something. Who was speaking? God. Now, I know it was inspired, right? But that God was speaking. This is, that's why we call it His spoken word, right? So, you've you got to remember something. God's words carry power. 
You know, your, power, your words carry power. That's why the Word tells us that we should be making daily confessions over our life. Why? Because it will steer and it will guide and it will, it will lead you in certain directions. It will bring things to manifest in your life, right? I know some people have taken that completely out of context into believing that the name it and claim it movement and all that. And we're not going to teach on all that today, but that is totally not true. But your words carry power. And how many of you know, if the creator of the very earth and the creator of every man and woman, glory to God, speaks, it's powerful. When God speaks, it changes things, right? It, it, I mean, you go back to Genesis, God spoke, it was. God spoke, it was. God spoke. He spoke this very world into existence. When He speaks things change. That's how you need to view His Word when you're reading it, right? That God is not speaking a pep talk to you to get you to first base or to get you a home run or to get you to just the second base. It's not just something to encourage you. Guys, what God is saying, be strong in the Lord, that is words of power spoken directly to His children. That's what He's saying right there. Glory to God. And then when you, when you hear them, When you hear those words, and they get inside you, and then they become a part of your very being, and then you receive them by faith, glory to God, things will start changing in your life. Things will start changing in your situation. Your faith, what's happening is your faith is bringing into manifestation the things that you need in the answers to your prayers, right? The substance of things hoped for right there. Glory to God. See, but it all depends on how you're viewing what God's, what God's saying. Are you viewing this as just information? Are you viewing this as, as just, is it, is it just something, a little pep talk? No, view it for what it is. It is God empowering you through His Word. Going, I mean, everything that He tells us in His Word, it is to empower you when you receive it by faith to get through any situation in your life. It's where the answers come from. It's where your strength comes from. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. See, too many people are just going to God begging, 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 begging. But God says, I've made a way. I've made a way. Just do it. I mean, think about Peter when he walked on water. You know, it's so cool. That story's so cool. I mean, they're out there, they're in the boat. And I mean, Jesus could have just like teleported right into the boat. He could have done whatever. He's Jesus, right? Because he doesn't want everyone. So what does he do? He decides to walk. I'm just going to walk. So he walks up. And what happened was, it was, Peter saw him and said, Lord, if that's you, you know, let me walk on the water. Let me come. Let me walk on the water. Then what did Jesus say? Peter, come. That's all he said. Peter, come. That's it. And what did Peter do? He got out of the boat. And he came and he walked on the water, right? See, see Peter couldn't walk on the water until Jesus spoke to him, could he? He couldn't. That wasn't just a, that was a command. That was, that was power being spoken to him to do what God's, what, what God's calling him to do. And he got out of the boat and he walked on that water. He couldn't speak before he was spoken to, right? I mean, he couldn't walk on water before Jesus spoke to him, right? He couldn't. And when he did, when he acted on the word that was spoken to him by faith, Come on, that word, that very word that was spoken to him now became a bridge for him to stand on. Yeah. Woo, glory to God. See, when we talk about, talk about acting on, on the word, that when God tells you something through his word, you act on it. 
So you've got to get to a place where you believe this 100%. It's not hard. Don't overcomplicate it. You know, God's power is here. He's speaking it to you, to you to do. It's what, this is part of the way that He made for you to be successful at what He's called you to do. Amen? But think about what happened to Peter when he took his eyes off, his focus off of the words that were just spoken to him. And when he looked down at the circumstances all around him, what happened? He sank. See, that's a whole other sermon, and we won't get into that right now. But the minute he took his eyes off of Jesus and off of the words that were just spoken to him and the power that had just been spoken into him to do what he was about to do, he, just rece- he acted in faith, right? And he believed the word that was spoken to him. And he, when, he, when he was focused in faith and focused on the word that was spoken to him and the fact that Jesus, God himself, spoke it to him, he could walk on the water, but when he looked at the circumstances around him, he fell. See, that's what happens in so many of our lives. We get so focused on the circumstances around us that we can't look to the spoken word, come on, and receive the power to overcome. And then we walk around defeated. And we walk around and we can't accomplish. And there's no boldness in our attitude, right? And we're having a hard time uh, sharing the gospel, right? We've got to get a revelation of how to tap into God's power. You've got to, I mean, Paul, Paul had to do this. Look with me at 2 Corinthians. Now, Paul, this is great Paul, right? Wrote most of the New Testament. He's a, he, how can he need to get a revelation? Come on, we all need to get revelations. I don't care who you are, how old you are, how spiritually mature you are, how many years you've been in ministry. We all need to get revelation. And Paul had to get some revelation. And I'm not going to read this whole story for the sake of time here, but just a little context about what's happening here is Paul is writing in this story right here about that he had been taken up to heaven and he had, he had been, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he had received great revelations from God, okay? And when you read the story, he was being extremely humble because this verse that I'm about to read you has been taken out of context so many ways, right? But he's writing all of this and, and, and he's being humble about writing about these revelations. And these were revelations that was given to him to write for whose benefit? Us. Us. Right? So you've got to remember that. This was about him receiving those great revelations. This you got to remember the context of the story. Alright? So... Right here. And so Paul was getting a revelation. We're talking about getting a revelation of tapping into God's power. Now watch me now. Verse, uh, starting in verse 6. Second uh, Corinthians 12, verse 6. I'm sorry. It says, For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be. Or that he hears me to be. So what he's saying here, I hear, is he's... He's trying to be as humble as possible, right? Remember, we talked about humility last week, and then we talked about humility the week before, right? Humility is key. We've got to get ourselves out of the way, right? But he was trying to, to, to be humble, and he was trying to explain what happened, and he was trying to explain, you know, talking about the revelations that he had received, right? right? But there was a problem, because look at verse 7. There was a problem. In verse 7, it says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of those revelations that I received, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Stop right there. This is where it has been gotten, this has been taken completely out of context. People take that to think that God gave him a thorn in the flesh to try to make him humble. Well, that's somebody that's not reading the context of the whole story. Because when you read this whole story, the man couldn't have been any more modest. God didn't need to bring him into a place of humility, 
right? And in fact, you keep reading, it tells us where the thorn in the flesh is. It says, the thorn of the flesh, it says, the messenger of Satan sent to buffet me. Satan sent the messenger. That's what the, the thorn of the flesh was not literal. It was not literal, all right? It, the thorn of the flesh would be like, uh, like we would say today, a pain in my behind, okay? Right? Because think about it, God wasn't in this because if God was in it, I mean, you don't have to be a theologian, just, just read it with common sense. If God was in it, that means that he would have to come down, take a demon out of Satan's little workforce over here, bring him over and put him on Paul. That's not going to happen. God doesn't work that way. Amen? It's not going to happen. It was... And you've got to think, go back to the context. It's about the great revelations that Paul had received and was about to write those out for our benefit. Who had the most motive to want to stop him from doing that? Right? It was Satan himself. Amen. So, keep reading. Talking about getting to a point where he tapped into the power of God. I promise you we're getting there. Verse 8, it says, For this thing I besought the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. All right? So why did Paul have to keep asking God? Why did he keep... Remember, he's going through this weakness and he's, he's, these weaknesses and he's begging God. He's begging God and he's begging God. Why did Paul have to keep asking God? Because listen, this is very important. This will, this will change the way that you, make, that you pray. That's why you need to be praying from a place of victory. God, he kept having to go to God because God didn't tell us to ask him to make the devil leave us alone, did he? No. 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 God didn't ask us. Nowhere in his word does he say for us to go to him and, and ask him to, to, to remove the devil from our situation or to make him stop or to leave us alone. No. James 4, 7, it tells us that you, we are to submit ourselves to God. That's very important. But it says we, don't, we are told to resist the devil and flee. You know, there's prayers that God can't answer. People say, oh, he can do anything. Well, he is God. But there are prayers he can't answer. There's two types of prayers that God can't answer. Right? He's not going to, of course, he's not going to, he can't answer anything that's contrary to his word, of course. Right? But God can't answer a prayer for something that he's already done. Yeah. Right? He cannot. It's already done. And remember, he said, he's made a way for everything. Right? Short of a miracle, there's a way for you to obtain everything that you need. Right? And then the other, the other prayer that God can't answer is something that he's already told you to do. Now, see, that's, that's a big one, see? And so, so Paul is begging. Now, he's getting a revelation of this. Now, if you follow on, he's, get, he's getting a revelation of what's happening because he's begging. He's like, look, God, take this thing away from me. Tell the devil to stop. He's a big, bad devil, right? He's getting, and then Paul, Paul goes on in verse 9. He's getting revelation because, see, up to that point, Paul had been praying and dealing with problems based on how he would handle things in his strength, right? In his own strength. Sounds familiar, right? It's typically how we have a tendency to pray ourselves, right? But he goes on, verse 9, it says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Right? And then Paul's getting a revelation. Now look at, and he goes on and says, Most gladly, therefore, I will... 
will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sakes. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Sounds crazy, right? When I'm weak, then I'm strong. Why was it that when, when Paul said, when I'm the weakest, that's when I'm the strongest? Why did he say that? It's because he was getting a revelation of tapping into God's power. It's because he, was, he wasn't strong in his own might at this point. Right? When he realized this and he's tapped into God's power, he realized that he was strong in the Lord. Because let me tell you something. When you get pushed in this life that we live in, in this world that we live in, and you're pushed back. You try to resist in your own strength. But I don't care how strong you are physically, how strong you are in your mind, you will run out of steam, right? And what Paul was getting a revelation was that when I run out of natural strength, I can glory because I know by faith the power of God will pick up the slack and I will overcome. That's what he's saying right there. Glory to God. I'm going to look at verse 10 and the passion translate this is so cool when i read this this is so cool it says so i am not defeated by my weakness but delighted for when i feel my weakness and endure mistreatment when i'm surrounded with the troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for christ i am made yet stronger for my weakness becomes a portal to god's power glory to god Paul got the revelation about tapping into God's strength. It wasn't about doing it in his own strength. Come on, it was about doing, like we always say, you do everything you can naturally. But you don't lean there, you don't get overwhelmed and stop there when you run out of steam. You back up, you smile, and you know, glory to God, that God's got my back. He's going to pick up the slack, glory to God, because He wants me to succeed at what He's called me to do. He wants me to overcome, and He wants me to be victorious, guys. Glory to God. Listen, He's empowered us through His Word. But you've got to understand how to read His Word. What's the perspective you have when you read His Word? Are you reading it as just information? Or are you reading it as God's almighty, powerful, spoken Word to you, intentionally leading you into what the direction He needs you to go so that you can accomplish what He's called you to do? Amen? Glory to God. And all we have to do is get to a place in our lives where we, where we humble ourselves get our own thought process out of the way and just simply receive it by faith. When God's Word says it, it's so. I'm not going to fight about it. We're not going to argue about it. I just believe it. See, that's the hardest thing is people just getting to the place to just simply receive, believe. Believe. We try to... God's a simple God. Man has got involved and made him very difficult. That's why you have so many denominations and this, that. And, the, even, and some of the theologians, bless their heart. Yes, I mean, they, 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 I'm, not, I'm not doubting their wisdom. But they've made some things complicated that are not complicated. Amen? Glory to God. Because God's made a way for you to succeed. And he's empowered you for that success. And he just wants you to receive it. To receive it. Amen. Glory to God. All right. Really quick, of course, I'll touch on the angels part, and that's, that's pretty, 
we see that a couple, two or three times in scriptures, you know, where God will send angels to strengthen you in different situations. Of course, we see that the biggest when Jesus went to be tempted. Remember, Jesus was, had to be tempted by the devil as a man. And he's up there and he's, you know, he fasted for 40 days. Guess what? He's a man. He may be Jesus, but he's being tempted as a man. You go 40 days without food and water, guess what? You're weak. You're weak. And he was weak. Now, of course, he resisted. And, you know, the end of the story, the, 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 the devil left him because he couldn't tempt him. And then the angel came on the scene and then, and then and re- gave him his strength back, right? And then, of course, you see again, another one that's really popular is Daniel chapter 10. And Daniel's uh, he's hearing from the Lord and, and he's actually being visited by the angels and he's, 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 he's going through this struggle and he's praying and he's on his face and he's just wiped out naturally and I'm... And, and actually, when Daniel got his strength, he, it didn't necessarily come from the angel. The angel touched his lips, but his strength came when God spoke to him. Amen. That power came. That spoken word is something. That spoken word. But I'm going to close with this right here. And that is the, this is the most very important. I mean, what I would say, I don't know, it's pretty close to the first one, right? Is that God ministers his strength to us by his spirit. And let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is not something to take lightly. The, the amount of churches <clears throat> that have tried to continue on by removing the Holy Spirit from the equation is startling. But I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit is so needed in our lives. I mean, think about when Jesus walked the earth. What did, you know, he, the, all, those, all the disciples and all the people that knew him as the Messiah... What was it that Jesus gave them while he was with them or while he was on this earth? He gave them comfort. Because they knew, hey, this is the man of God. This is the Messiah. Oh, my gosh. Nothing is going to happen to us. He gave them that comfort. Right? But Jesus had to leave, right? Because he had to pay the price. He had to be sacrificed. He had to shed the blood. He had to die and he had to rise again. All of that had to happen. But God said, hey, I know you guys are going to need this. And I know you guys have the, that Jesus gives you this comfort, so I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to send you somebody. And I'm going to somebody is called the comforter, the intercessor, the strengthener, the teacher, the guide. Come on, the Holy Spirit. See, that's the, all the Holy Spirit did was essentially take Jesus' place while Jesus ascended to heaven, right? But see, people can't wrap their mind about it because they can't see it. They don't want to believe it because they can't see it, but how many of you know that's not faith? See, faith is believing it without seeing it, right? How, how, how does God tell us to live? By faith, by faith. Amen, glory to God. But he ministers his, spirit, his strength to us by, by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm, I'm just going to touch on this a little bit, because, and we'll, we'll, we're gonna, I'll do a whole message on the Holy Spirit because we've got to learn how to tap in to the Holy Spirit, how to use the Holy Spirit, you know? I'm going to tell you something. A pastor cannot do what he does without the Holy Spirit. I mean, I can't tell you how many times a week somebody gets dropped on my heart. And I always go to God. And you guys have heard me say this many times. Whenever that happens, I go to God. You know, I, I, uh, all right, is it, how significant is this? Do I need to go there? Do I need to call them? Do I need, maybe 3 o'clock in the morning. And he'll tell me yes or no or what or whatever. Right? And if he, if he doesn't give me clear revelation, but he... And I know that I'm not supposed to call them. I'm not supposed to go over there. Now, what am I supposed to do? Well, I'm going to pray. I'm your pastor. I'm going to pray. Well, how am I going to know what to pray? 
Well, I don't know what to pray. So my only option is to pray in tongues. See, the intercessor is what the Holy Spirit is. The intercessor. And I intercede for it. It can be, it can be five minutes. It can be an hour. I intercede and I pray until I get peace. And I know that everything's okay. See, some of you don't realize you've, you've missed some things. And I'm not trying to blow myself up at all. or bring you know, I'm as humble as anybody can be. You guys know my heart. But I want you to know you're covered in prayer. Because I promise you, if God puts you on my heart, I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to be interceding on your behalf. That's just one area that the Holy Spirit is there for us. Right? But God ministers strength to us. I mean, think about it. Romans 8, 11 says, if the spirit of him that this, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, come on, and He does dwell in you. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit's dwelling in you. And that's, that's the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Think about that. See, a lot of people don't think about that. That's the same Holy Spirit. Not, there's not two or three different Holy Spirits, Lord. Same one. Same, that's pretty cool right there, right? It said, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. Now, quicken, that is made, that's just made alive is what that means, right? So if you're going to be made alive, and, he, and it's so cool, He's going to quicken your mortal bodies. Guys, that's not when we get our bodies in heaven. Mortal, that's this body, today. You need some strength? You need some power? Glory to God. Lean on the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've got to think about it. God's power's there. Just like this plug here. See, there's a plug under there. Right? And there's power in that. I don't see that power. But now if I take a pen, I'm not going to do it. Right? Y'all quit looking at me like that. All right? Nathan's like, don't do that. He's an electrician. <laughs> there's power there. I don't see it. But I know it's there. Now, in order to activate that power, all i got to do is find a way to plug in and allow that power to flow into whatever device that I needed to flow in. God, God's power is the same thing. It's there. We can't see it. It's there. The good thing about His power, it ain't going to zap you to death, right? It ain't going to knock you off your feet. It may knock you off the feet because that's just being called being slain in the Spirit. Lord, right, this happened to me before, right? And I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing wrong with that. But the good thing is, is this power's there. All you've got to do is find a way to connect to it, plug into it, and allow that, allow that power to flow through you and into every situation that you're dealing with in life. Amen. It's very important, right? Because that's the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And it's there. Amen. Now, and I, I promise you I'm closing on this, but... <laughs> Oh, I'm not going to get too far into this because this is, this is going to need to be a, a, a whole message. But now when you're born again, you, the Holy, you're born of His Spirit, so the Holy Spirit is there dwelling on the inside of you. And this is the difference. You know, a lot of people try to think, well, that's all the Holy Spirit you ever need. You know, that's the, all the Holy Spirit you ever need. Well, I've got that, and, you know, this is an argument between denominations, and I'm not trying to... I, I, all I can do is, can, is tell you what we believe based off the belief that we have formed off of the Word of God, right? And, 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 and because the, the Holy Spirit dwells inside you. But the Word of God says in Acts, it says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses upon me, both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and all in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You want to know why people aren't being bold as they try to share their gospel? They haven't been infilled 
with the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a difference in the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and the Holy Spirit being infilled with that power, right? Being empowered by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The infilling of the Holy Spirit comes when you get hands laid on you. Come on. And you receive the... The the Holy Spirit comes in and it covers every orifice of your body. Think about it like drinking a cup. You take a sip of water. You've got a sip of water inside of you. It's dwelling inside of you. But now if I pick up a five-gallon bucket and just pour it up, guess what? I'm going to fill up. Maybe I'm going to die, right? But I'm going to be overflowing. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He covers every area of your body. And not only that, now there is an, an unbelievable sensitivity to His leading you, right? Because now you've been empowered to do what God's called you to do with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, speaking in other tongues is something that has gone, gotten totally out of context also. But to, speaking in other tongues is important for today. That's why it's the only way I can pray for you. That's how I, I, the only way I can pray for you when I don't know what to pray is I have to pray in the Spirit. Because the Spirit said, the Word of God says that when you pray in tongues, it edifies you. I mean, you know, that's cool. That means it's building you up. It's empowering you. And it says that you're praying things, mysteries. You're praying things that you don't know. That means God is communicating with you spirit to spirit. And as you need to know it, He'll reveal it. Right? But you may just be... He might just be using you as an intercessor for somebody, which is a lot of the case. You know, we can, when we come and we have our corporate prayer, you know, I typically will stand up here and pray. And then we'll have a time of however the, long the Holy Spirit leads us of, of praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. What are we doing? We're praying for the unknown things that may come against us. The unknown things that are out there. The unknown the things that we don't know. Interceding on behalf of our church family. Because we don't know all the problems. We don't know everything that they're facing. Amen? Glory to God. So we're gonna, we'll get into that next week, uh, talking about being infilled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because how many of you know, if you want to be empowered, you need to have all the power, right? And that power comes from the Word of God. It can come from angels, but don't be seeking angels. Let me tell you something. If you go around seeking angels... Listen, demons know how, demons can play tricks on you. Demons know things that, 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 that and, and you'll see some angels, all right, but it won't be from God. Amen, I've seen many people get steered in the wrong direction that way. But ultimately, that power, God strengthens us through His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Amen, glory to God. Let's pray.